It's the March 6, 2020 episode of Weekly Signals Meltdown. Broadcasting from Studio A at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. And as always, the epicenter of the, as our president would say, this uh, corona flu. Mahler, the fake news dog. Yes. Yes, he is. Today, yes, we'll be talking about good billionaires, <laughs> public banks, bad polling places, and more. But first, do we have any rats here at KUCI, Mike? You seen any? Problems? I haven't seen any. Ever? Because you've been no, here a long time. Yeah, I've been time. here a long time. No, I, in the old place, yeah. where we were before, I yeah. saw a couple of rats. How about out back in, oh, I'm in sure. the sequoias? Yeah, the, I'm sure there's all kinds of wildlife back there. Yeah, yeah. rats. Rats for sure. You, yes. ever, you ever catch a rat? Uh, my sister had a pet rat. What was its name? Uh, it wasn't... Uh, Ratso? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes. I mean, anyway. No, I mean... We're yeah, talking we're, rats here. Yeah, we're talking rats. I don't have a whole lot to say except that rats get a bad rap. They do get a bad rap. I mean, they're, just they're filthy little, and disgusting and yeah. disease carriers. However, if they weren't named rats, yeah, like if they were named, say, posies, posies, yeah. angel food, angel food. If they were called, if they call, we've called them angel food, angel food posies, posies. Then, People would love them. Oh, we would love them all. Yes, yeah. sure. For centuries, rats have thrived in cities because of human behavior. Uh-huh. This is from the Washington Post, by the way. Yes, urban rats are like disease sponges. Yes, Congregating are. in the foulest reaches where they pick up harmful pathogens. Well, we're disease sponges, too, if you stick us in the sewer. Yes, if, if we had to feast on entrails and poop, we would yeah. be disease-infested, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not now. Yeah, I think that would be probably... Inside the rat gut, there's an antibiotic-resistant bacteria that can interact with other diseases and create even newer diseases. It's oh, crazy. Yeah, that is. Yeah. yeah. In response to all this, humans like you and me, we've developed rat poison. Yes, we have. In fact, I just was working on a new batch of it this morning. <laughs> yeah. But public concerns about dogs and lesser creatures eating rat poison could eventually lead to rat poison bans in many parts of the world. We're already starting. I wish to see they that. would. Yeah. You know, some people. Well, they put out rat poison. Yeah. You, you got Mahler running around. I know. He I doesn't know. know. He might think it's tasty treats. Well, he will for at least one bite, and then, yeah. you know. Well, I don't think it works quite that fast. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's My not parents good. had a dog once. Right, oh, okay. That ate rat poison. And was yeah. sick, and it, right? But managed to come home, and it was laying on the front step dead when <gasps> they got home. Yeah. It got out. And, oh, my uh, God. Yeah. And that's the end of that. Heartening story. Wow. <laughs> story. Yes, that's that's this edition of Storytime with Nathan. Bring the kids around next time. Yeah. Common approaches to managing rats often fail to address the most important factor contributing to infestations. You, Mike. I know. It's true. Yeah. We could Humans. do better. We could do better. Humans do it. And all the food that we waste. Yes. That's what's causing yes. it. Yes. You walk down the street. Yeah. You got a bite of a burger left. You throw it down. Yeah. And if there's a rat around, they'll take it. Absolutely. And if there's not a rat, you know who'll take it. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> to make matters worse, 
Climate change is shortening winter seasons that limit rat reproductions. Yeah. So they're now more time or, to breed. Reproduction. That's yeah. what I want to say. No. <laughs> I mean, well, what, did, what did you say? I thought you said that. Reproductions. I put a... Oh, okay. Yeah, like, yeah. A, like they're artists. Yeah. If enough food is present, a single rat can give birth to up to 12 pups in a litter, and each well-fed pup could give birth to 12 pups of its own in as few as six weeks. That's crazy. Well, we need to do more. Yeah. We need to be better. Seal up your trash. Exactly. Don't throw it just down on the ground. Try and find a good place to put it. Globalization, climate change, and inability to use rat poison could result in a perfect rat storm. Something approaching the Middle Ages, right? Yeah. When there was... Yeah, like the Middle Ages where, as I recall, yeah, so... <laughs> there were a lot of rats. There were. Well, and, and one item you just touched on, and this is just a huge problem anyway, it's the percentage of food that's produced that ends up being trashed. Yeah. It's somewhere like, they, I've heard as high as 40%. The food that we intend to eat, 40% exactly. of it, we don't. We and don't. It, and a lot of it so just gets strewn out so yeah. rats have access to it. Right. Until we learn to treat food like food instead of waste, we are destined to have too many rats. Yeah. Too many rats. Meanwhile, a man in Australia woke up 90 minutes after he had been declared dead. Say that one more time. Meanwhile, a man in Australia woke up 90 minutes after he had been declared dead. 90 minutes. Yeah. That's a while. That's a long time. But he didn't know what was going on. Yeah. 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 What's, the what's, what's everybody so excited about? What? What? Yeah. From uh, Iowa State University wow. News Service. Wow. All the way from Iowa. <laughs> The Earth of 3.2 billion years ago was a water world yeah. of submerged continents. There were no continents, according. Is that well, do I have that? Our continents the, were submerged. Right. That's what they're but trying I mean, to say. It, was not, it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't that. The continents got flat. Right. Before earthquakes, it's just right. a nice smooth eight ball with water <laughs> on it. They're trying to tell you that. Yeah. The continents were submerged. They were submerged. Geologists say this. <laughs> what do they know? Yeah. After analyzing oxygen isotope data from ancient ocean crust that's now exposed on land in Australia, that's what the geologists say. We lived in a water world. Yeah. They discovered that ancient seawater was enriched with about four parts per thousand more of a heavy isotope of oxygen than the ocean we have today. Okay. Water yeah. we have right. out there today. That water world may have provided an important environmental constraint on the origins and evolution of life on Earth. That's the important part here. Right, right. Without continents and land above sea level, the only place for the very first ecosystems to evolve would have been in the ocean, and that could have major implications on the origin of life, they said. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's, that is, you know, that transition from a water world into something that, where there was some sort of a landmass. Yeah. We might have been waiting out there in a boat it, yeah. to come on shore. But then what about those life forms that came out of the ocean figured out maybe I can survive somehow survive on land they that, figured that out well I maybe I think it took a long time it took and a, just a hell of a long time on I know I don't think and, somebody yeah you know, I don't think it, they washed yeah. up one weekend and one guy said, and decided <laughs> yeah. let's build a condo yeah no I, I understand but I mean I'm just saying that transition <laughs> yeah. somewhere yeah well, it's just a remarkable development of life yeah yeah, yeah. whatever
Meanwhile, doctors in Pittsburgh reported the first known case of a person who naturally urinates alcohol. <laughs> yeah. The extremely rare condition that caused this person, her, to produce ethanol alcohol in her bladder is called urinary autobrewery syndrome. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's get Betty over to the party for Saturday uh -huh. night, huh? Just give her a, keep keep hydrating her. We call her the Betty Keg. The Betty Keg. The Betty Kager, and we'll just keep giving her water. Okay, just trust yeah. me. Just keep feeding her. Woo! Yeah, it's Betty. A Betty Kager. Uh, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> would it would it would it be okay? That's enough, Father. Not really. Oh. Shut up. What? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> From Vice. That's an odd name. For Vice. Vice. Yeah. What are they saying? It's kind of hip. It's it, that's what the whole idea is. Well, is it like, is it squeeze things, or it's something you shouldn't be doing? Well, that's a good point, a vice. Uh, yeah. yeah, the vice to squeeze out the truth. Oh, a good idea. Yeah, I th Let's call this show vice. Yeah, something like that. A new study suggests that a black hole spewed the ingredients for life across the galaxy. It's a pretty amazing story. Yeah, just squirted out yeah. this life. The Milky Way's own supermassive black hole, known as Sagittarius A-star, is located at the center of the Milky Way and is in a relatively sleepy phase right now. It's not doing spewing at all right now, but in its previous life it had. Yeah. There is evidence now that a few million years ago, Sagittarius A-star was an active galactic nucleus that was blasting out high-energy X-rays. Right, yeah. which was essentially destroying anything near it. Yeah, just exactly. wiping it out. You don't want to live anywhere near. You do not. You, you don't even to... want to live a few thousand light years nope. away from nope. it. No, you want to be a few million light years away from this. Because you'd either be radiated to right. death, right, or your atmosphere would get blown off. Exactly. You but, imagine get what? But if you're but, far enough away, yeah. But these researchers wondered if, in the long run, active galactic nucleuses are good for life. A study's model showed that the active galactic nucleus increased the abundance of organic molecules by orders of magnitude. A whole bunch. Yeah. Both on the surface of galactic dust grains and in a gas state. Well, so it was not, it was in different forms. Yeah. And it increased life. And these life-nourishing molecules sustained those higher levels for millions of years. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like just an instant thing they got for a little while and then it wore off. You see that how we're weaving all of this together, Nathan? We're uh -huh. talking about the ocean and the how ocean. for millions of years it was just water. And then yeah. one day the, the ground popped up uh -huh. and then some life form came. And then along comes the Milky Way spewing life affirming uh -huh. whatever. Why do people bother with God? This is so much more interesting. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, God did it. I, I didn't, yeah, right. I, yeah. Somebody say God. I, yeah, okay. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm just wondering in general. Yeah. You yeah. know, why? Well, he's the great timekeeper. He's the great watchmaker. Is that what he does? He's That's like what... a referee. <laughs> ah, this long-term enrichment of the Milky Way with organic molecules and water may even have reached our corner of the galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, that's how Mahler was born. <laughs> yeah. Ah. <laughs> Meanwhile, 
Scientists studying a distant galaxy cluster discovered the biggest explosion seen in the universe since the Big Bang. Yes. It's all tied together here. Yeah, it is. The blast came from a supermassive black hole at the center of a galaxy hundreds of millions of light years away. It released five times more energy than the previous record holder and was so powerful it punched a cavity in the cluster plasma, the super hot gas surrounding the black hole. Are those two things related? Do we? They're not the same. No, not no, the no. same. I just but thought it was just, interesting. Yeah, no, but it, black holes in the news is what we call that segment. <laughs> Wild stuff. Wow. If you, if this news amazes you, it does. May me. I recommend a donation to KUCI to amaze us? Yes. Just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial free, free form, free speech radio, KUCI. 88.9 FM. From The Guardian. This winter in Europe was the hottest on record by far. By far. The average temperature for December, January, and February was 1.5 degrees Celsius above the previous winter record. And that's a lot. That's Because Celsius degrees, I mean, that's about over 3 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, that's right. Uh, which was that record before was set in 2015 to 2016. Right. So we're kind of clustering with really hot summers here. Right. New regional climate records are usually passed by only a fraction of a degree. Europe's winter was 3.4 degrees Celsius hotter than the average from 1981 to 2010. So that's a whole bunch. We're talking nine degrees Fahrenheit. Right. <laughs> the unseasonal heat has led to the failure of the ice wine harvest in Germany and snow having to be imported for sporting events in Sweden and Russia. Can you imagine Sweden and yeah. Russia? Yeah. When you think of winter in the northern part of Europe, yeah. you think just this whiteout. In Helsinki, Finland. The average temperature for January and February was more than 6 degrees Celsius higher than the 1981 to 2010 average. Now, that's a whole bunch. I mean, we're talking 10, 15 degrees there. Right. Australia, which has suffered catastrophic brush fires, or bushfires as they call them, has just recorded its second hottest summer on record. The hottest summer? Last year. Last year. Yeah. In Antarctica, the temperature rose above 20 degrees Celsius for the first time on record in February. Across the globe as a whole, 2019 was the second hottest on record for the planet's surface, and both the past five years and the past decade were the hottest in 150 years. <coughs> Meanwhile, in California, it was the driest February on record. Yep. Driest, not the hottest, but driest. Not a drop of rain fell in downtown San Francisco or in Big Sur State Park, or in Paso Robles. And all those places yeah. traditionally get a lot of rain. Yes, yes. Friends who live up there, there are parts of their community that average about 40 inches a year. 40 inches of rain a year. You mean that pot grower you visit? It, yeah. 40? Exactly. Yeah. Wow. They, That's what's that, Santa Clara? I think, yeah, well, it's uh, Sebastopol, Sebastopol, Santa Rosa Okay, area. Santa Rosa. Yeah, it's sort of wine country. Yeah. But the year before, they had four, like 44 inches yeah. of rain. We're supposed to get some rain next week, Mike. Yeah, next yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, oh, so. Thursday, yeah. From Reuters News Service, British hedge fund billionaire Chris Hahn 
launched a campaign to persuade central banks to starve hundreds of planned coal-fired power plants around the world of finance. In other words, he's just kind of trying to shut them out. Yeah. By starve the baby. Yeah. By not sense, giving right? them money. Yeah. No. This is unfortunately the world we live in. Yeah. And that is that a hedge fund manager, one of the largest hedge fund managers in the world, has taken it upon himself to essentially do what governments should have done a long time yeah. ago and what we should have done as a populace, and that is wean ourselves off of fossil fuels. Yeah. That's exactly why he's doing it, to block projects before they can pose a threat to the climate. Coal is the single largest source of greenhouse gas emissions globally, and the risks of its continued use in the power sector are not being adequately addressed by regulators and the financial system, Han said. The climate crisis has moved up the investor agenda in the past year as money managers have increasingly taken into account dangers posed by extreme weather. Well, duh. Well, this is beginning to have an impact on their investments. There's a vested interest for these people now to move forward on the elimination of fossil fuels because it's messing up their ability to make money. It's going to affect agriculture. It's going to affect all kinds of money-making operations. What's the cloistered lives these money managers and business majors use? They sit in their little room and number crunch. And then when it comes time to going out in the world, they can afford to isolate themselves at some resort away from what's really happening. Right. Right. The fact that this is now happening, it should have been happening 30 years ago when the science was already in. Yeah. 30 years ago. Not now, 2020, but in 1990, yeah. they should have been doing this. Investors are also concerned about possible risks to valuations of coal, oil, and gas companies if governments decide to start rapidly cutting carbon emissions in line with the 2015 Paris Agreement. Rather than reality, they have to actually have some money being taken away from them before yeah. they This is the world we live in. Ethically. Hahn warned that British banks were highly likely to suffer losses on coal financing as the cost of renewables continue to fall and regulations on air pollution and carbon emissions tighten. He's a good billionaire. Good billionaire. And I know I've made this point before, and I, I really think it's important to restate this as often as I possibly can, and that is, in the world in which we live in now, the billionaire class has a lot more in common with itself than it does with the people on this planet. Their worldview is shaped by their particular interest and not necessarily the interest of the rest of us. That's the problem we're going to have moving forward is the billionaire class has more in common with itself than it does with anyone else. So what are we going to do? Eat the rich. Yeah, but besides that, because they'll hire some of us. Right. You know, the less ethical of us Yeah. to prevent the rest of us right. from yeah. doing anything substantial. I, this is what, Or this, they'll just run for president. They'll run for president. But this is the thing about climate and climate change that I think is different than almost anything we've ever faced, and that is it is relentless. It is not going anywhere. It is obvious. There are things about it that will intrude and affect and impact the lives of everyone. It is something that we will not be able to shake off and say, well, that will take care of that later. And I think that will create an impetus for institutional change on the scale that we've never seen. Or or not. Or not. And if it doesn't, the planet 
will will be in uninhabitable. Uh-huh. We we won't be here. Nature doesn't care about your agenda. Yeah, exactly. That's what I, that's. Thank you. Said that better. Well, I don't know about better. Well, yeah. Okay. Quicker. Yeah. I said the, it quicker. I mean, we've said it before. The planet will survive in some state. But in the meantime, climate change though may make situations worse, as our our national defense knows. Climate change itself will make borders go away because people need to move. They just simply need to migrate and get out of the way of the ocean. And when that happens, it's going to happen between nations. That's right. In Europe and Yeah. The thing that you're talking about is the thing that I think will be the most destabling about climate, and that is mass migrations. Yeah. I mean, how does our sense of this sort of nation state that we've grown up with, we've lived with for several hundred years... Uh How does that adapt? How is that relevant to a world where you have tens of millions of people seeking another place to live? Meanwhile, the billionaire class, the ones who had a we'll good in, hand in causing all this... will live in Davos. Or, yeah. They'll, they'll hole up in, in a, some sort of uh, nation state in Davos, Switzerland. That's how they're going to get through this. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us at facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9 on our Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com on Twitter and Instagram at KUCIFM. Stream us live on TuneIn or you can go to KUCI.org. That's where I go. That's where I go. You do that? I do. I I, check out I listen. Yeah, I listen that way. I check out what's going on. There's all these great things on the website at KUCI.org. Really? Check it out. Wow. Yeah. Uh From the New York Times, a Trump insider at the Interior Department inserted climate change denial bullshit, including debunked claims that increased carbon dioxide in the atmosphere is beneficial, into the agency's scientific reports. And the Interior Department's important yes. in our fight yes. against stupid billionaires and their climate crisis they provocations. Are. And if you have an official document from the Department of the Interior, these idiots who defend this idea that this is not a man-made event, that somehow this is sunspots yeah. or something like that, that's why this is happening, we'll be able to point to these documents and say, see... Look right there. Look. It says says right right there. there. The BS appears in at least nine reports, including environmental studies and impact statements on major watersheds in the American West that could be used to justify allocating increasingly scarce water to farmers at the expense of wildlife conservation, fisheries, and thirsty dogs. (laughs) Yeah, mother. And just people in general. Jeez. The effort was led by Indora Gokulani. Indoor this is the this is the stooge that put this together, right? Yeah, a lifetime Interior Department employee yeah. who, in 2017, was promoted to the office of the Deputy Secretary with responsibility for reviewing the agency's climate policies. Of course, he was. Yeah, they just put him right in the place where he'd do the most damage. Exactly. The BS, known at the department as Gox Uncertainty Language, that's a nickname for Gaklani, his last name. Gotcha. That's what he called Gok. Inaccurately claims that there is a lack of consensus among scientists that the Earth is warming. 
In Interior Department emails to scientists, Gaklani pushed misleading interpretations of climate science, saying it may be overestimating the rate of global warming for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah, that's, for whatever. oh my God. Yeah, that's real scientific gawk. For whatever reason. For whatever, uh, reason. whatever reason. I don't know. I don't know. What are, what are they doing? They're doing something cagey here under the table for whatever reason. Climate modeling has largely predicted global warming accurately. Sometimes the modeling has even been too conservative yes. for what's actually going on now. That is actually an issue. Scientists up until very recently have been too conservative too willing to accommodate the language of uncertainty in their reporting. And that's changed over the last few years, but that has been, that was a problem. Gaklani also instructed department scientists to add that rising carbon dioxide, this is the truly BS part. Right. This almost makes me want to say shite in its real form on yeah, air yeah. when I read this. Yeah. He says that carbon dioxide, the main force driving global warming, is beneficial because it may increase plant water use efficiency and lengthen the agricultural growing season. <sighs> the scientific consensus is that overall, climate change will result in severe disruptions to global agriculture and significant reductions in crop yields. You can have too much of a good thing, yes. gawk. There was a, a woman that they tried to appoint, I think actually was appointed to the Department of the Interior. I may be wrong, but they tried to, I know that. And she was the woman who was claiming that the receding of the ice in Siberia in, in the Arctic was a good thing. The permafrost going away was a good thing because, look, it's green. Yeah. Everything's green. Yeah. So therefore, and also yeah, making this the... Is ridiculous. Yeah, and, and making the argument that now that the ice is so depleted, that we have a North Passage now, yeah. that ships can go from... Russia to Iceland, basically unimpeded by by ice. And isn't that a good thing? Now we can explore for more oil now, too. Madness, <sighs> madness, madness, madness. These people. I smoked they... some marijuana last night, Mike. Did you really? Yeah. It was good. Was it good? Yeah. Oh. So I smoked some more. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then about midnight, I lit up another one. Oh, this is crazy. Yeah. Wow. One in the morning. Two in the morning. Wow. By four in the morning, I had smoked about 10 joints. And then I thought, eh, on my way to KCI, why not? Why not? Let's spark a bowl. And by the way, even at that point, Nathan yeah. was 10 times smarter <laughs> yeah, than this exactly. Golski guy. Or what's his name again? Indora Goklani. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. The point is, Gok, you can have too much of a good thing. Yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, an official in Indonesia warned of a certain kind of sperm that is very strong that can impregnate women in swimming pools. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think his name was Gaklani. <laughs> From the Daily Beast. <laughs> That's what we call Mahler sometimes. He know? is a Daily yeah, Beast. He <laughs> is. Daily Beast, yeah. He is. Oh, yeah, yeah Mahler. Give us your beast. Come on, beast mode. Come on. Yeah. Do it. Oh, you know yeah. you like to do this. Come on. Come on. Come on. There you go. Oh. Then he whimpers out at the end there. I mean, he's got it going, and then he yeah. just. Well, he's having fun. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, <laughs> he's not a real beast. Uh, yeah. He's a good the CIA yes. was a secret owner of a company that made encryption devices and communication lines for spy agencies around the world. <laughs> I mean, I'm well, one I guess, yeah, I wouldn't, I, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm okay with this. Yeah, I mean, you really. know, I'm, I'm not okay with them spying on every aspect of my life, but yeah. I am cool that 
whatever bad things they yeah. were going on, they had the ability to monitor yeah. them. It's not like cheating at baseball. Right. Their their game is <laughs> this to is cheat. It. By the way, yeah. this is what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Then the CIA sat back and listened to the rest of the world's secrets. Yeah. They bugged the system. Yeah. I mean, Good if you're job, in that business, CIA. this is what you do. <laughs> Oh, the yeah. company Crypto AG was the dominant maker of encryption devices from the Second World War until well into the 21st century. It was also a secret joint partnership between the CIA and West German intelligence that was well known under the code names of Thesaurus and Rubicon. A CIA report said foreign governments were paying good money to the U.S. and West Germany for the privilege of having their most secret communications read by at least two and possibly as many as five or six foreign countries. Wow. <laughs> okay. Good I job, mean, CIA. I mean, I mean yeah. you know, again, Whew. you're in this business, you want to be the best at it. And yeah. I think that's pretty cool, yeah. actually. The German spy agency, the BND, left the operation in the early 1990s because of fear of exposure, but the CIA didn't sell off the company's assets until 2018, wow. according to the report. Wow. Yeah. They waited until Trump came aboard. Now we lost that great way to listen to other people's secrets. Well, well Trump just listens to what the Russians tell him. He, so yeah, he, he exactly. Kinda, Maybe yeah. that's why they got out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. From Monterey County Now. There's a little local newspaper here, but I thought it was an interesting story, and I love public banks. Driven by their mistrust of Wall Street and in search of ways to generate money for affordable housing and infrastructure, a growing number of elected leaders on the central California coast are hoping to establish a public bank for the region. Public banking is when money collected in taxes by cities, counties, and local agencies is deposited in a new publicly owned financial institution that's not beholden to private interests. Amen. Free of the need to generate an ever larger profit, a public bank will lend money at low interest rates while the returns will be invested back into the community to fund housing or other types of projects. It's not driven by profits. It's yeah. driven by making your community better, or at least you hope it is, and, and you have a, a system around it right. that at least you can have checks and balances. Exactly right. It has some accountability yeah. beyond a board of directors who are moneyed interest looking to maximize profit. It would also be easier to ensure that public money is invested according to ethical principles, avoiding, for example, industries like Purdue Pharma. Right. Yeah, Big Oil, Monsanto. Or NRA-backed groups. Yes. The public banking movement gained momentum in the wake of the 2008 financial crisis when California in October of last year became the first state to legalize public banks since the crisis. I think that California, like North Dakota, which did okay surviving yeah. the financial collapse in 2008, has a state bank. Yeah. And I think that, that California should have an infrastructure bank. The money that goes in there is for infrastructure, yeah. whether it be high-speed rail, whatever it is. And that money is going right back into the community, creating jobs and opportunities for people. Yeah. North Dakota, by the way, they did theirs 100 years ago. Right. So it's before all this. And it's considered a success with $300 million generated for the state treasury in the past decade. Yes. And this is akin, a little bit akin to a credit union, yeah. where the people who own the bank are investors. 
they have money in the bank. They have their savings in their checking accounts there. So yeah, this, this is a good idea. By the way, post offices bank. used to be a place where you could do your yeah. banking as well, which yeah. they should be doing again. Well, that's what Bernie proposed. <laughs> Meanwhile, China backed away from its plan to send at least 100,000 ducks to Pakistan to combat swarms of crop-attacking locusts. By the way, there's been a mass of swarming of locusts in Africa right now. Yeah. We need more ducks. <laughs> from the Associated Press... A series of changes in California meant to boost voter turnout and smooth its new Super Tuesday primary election led to a surge in last-minute voters, computer problems, and short staffing that appeared to catch election officials by surprise. Now, everybody's going to bitch and moan about this. It's the first time it was rolled out. They should have had more safeguards in it. But I've seen private enterprise do this thousands of times. Right. What's good about this is it's in the public eye. Exactly. Thank you. People saw it happening. It was on a large scale. Right. And already Alex Padilla, who's in charge of this at the state level, is looking into it. We're going to try and clean it up before the next election. Exactly right. Exactly right. There is accountability. When something in the public sphere happens, there are people that are immediately accountable. Yeah. Yeah. When big oil finds out that it's causing climate change, they keep it secret for 20 years. Right. Yeah. Right. Or we find out that the uh, Deepwater Horizon oil spill was much worse than exactly. we've been led to believe. Yeah, yeah. Long lines, sluggish computer connections, and general confusion plagued polling places statewide, raising serious concerns about the state's ability to handle November's general election. Now, I think we'll be okay then when millions more voters are expected, and the fate of the country is at stake too. So we better get it together. Yes. Los Angeles County rolled out a new $300 million voting system, including new scanning devices and voting machines that the state certified despite known security and technical problems. That's a problem. Yeah, that is. Well, they're probably in a hurry and trying to make a deadline, but still. That's not good. Many of the voting devices didn't work, and there was not enough check-in machines or poll workers, leading to wait times of two hours or more. That ain't good. No. I like the idea of just having like a voting weekend. Yes. Yeah. Why aren't we voting on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday? And the vote by mail thing, I don't really like that much because you, especially in this election, there were two or three people that dropped out in the two or three weeks that you had to vote by mail before the general election. That is true. Bernie Sanders' presidential campaign filed a legal complaint in the county that has more than a quarter of California's 20 million voters. The state voter database was not available part of Tuesday. That's a bad deal. So poll workers in 15 counties could not print out ballots, register voters, or check whether voters had already cast ballots. The troubling part about this story is it's not like this is the first time we've held an election in the state of California. The basic stuff. The ballots being printed out. There's a lot of things about this that are pretty basic. If you're an election operation, where you can go to vote, how you vote, and all the rest of it, that's okay, that's different. But the basic idea of you filling out a ballot and putting it somewhere to be counted, that's election. That's what you do. People also complain about we don't have our results quickly. Well, I don't. I, I don't. I'm, I'm, that's I can live not with me that. at all. Yeah, I, I'd rather them got would, it right. Yeah, you know, I I would rather them wait a day. Yeah, before they give their Get election right. results. Yeah, I mean they're counting a lot of votes here. Right. This does have a direct impact. Sanders' campaign is saying that the gap in the delegates between him and Biden right now is like sixty. Yeah. 
Yeah. By the time that California comes in in complete form, it's going to be somewhere closer to 35 or 30 mm -hmm. even. That matters because perception is everything in politics, right? If yeah. Sanders is seen to be not viable because he's so far behind, this could be the difference between what you would say is viable and not viable exactly. for a lot of people. A bottleneck of angry voters led to wait times of up to four hours in Los Angeles County. Technical and security defects had been identified in testing, including the ability for attackers to bypass seals, locks, and sensors and boot from a USB port, which could allow election data to be modified. Election integrity activists had warned that the county system was bound to experience serious failures and should never have been certified by the state, especially for an election of this magnitude. Yeah, amen. Yeah. By the way, my experience was I filled out my form at home, yeah. and I drove over to City Hall yeah. and dropped it off. I was there three minutes, Yeah, you know, walking up and dropping it off. I think off. that's a good way to do it. I you like do it this on idea. the day yeah. and uh, drop it in or do it over a weekend or three days. Yeah, should, exactly. I, yeah. If we can't possibly have it on a Saturday or a Sunday, there should be a number of days in which we can vote. Yeah. Or there should be a national holiday, yeah. right? It should be, you don't have to go to work today, you can vote. Yeah. Speaking of ducks, thieves in England left behind a duck at the store they had just robbed. What do you about that? You bring in a duck? You I'm rob the, the store? You leave the duck. They're yeah. duck bandits. From Deutsche Welle Academy, DW Academy, Luxembourg. You know that place. I do know that place. Yeah. Over there in Europe. Yep. Became the first country in the world to provide public transport for free. Free. Uh -huh. The small EU hub wants to boost tram, train, and bus usage and rid itself of traffic jams blamed on commuters using private cars. Mm -hmm. You know, all these foreigners in there, too, yeah. driving around, yeah. touristy, and Stinking using up private the air. cars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The small but wealthy nation has introduced free public transport in an effort to motivate residents and 214,000 daily foreign commuters yeah. to change their behavior in the hilly region wedged between Germany, Belgium, and France. Yeah. That's where they are. I got a, a Mike fun fact for you. Good. Related to Luxembourg. I love Mike fun facts. Uh, that, that, and that is, when I went to Europe uh -huh. some many, many, many years ago, yeah. you could buy what they called an interrail pass, yeah. which entitled you to go Remember on any tr public transportation yeah. all over Europe for a flat rate. Yeah. When you were in the country that you bought it, you paid for half of the cost while you were in that country. Yeah. So I landed in Belgium. We quickly took a train over to Luxembourg and bought the Interrail Pass there because yeah. you could be out of Luxembourg in like 10 minutes. It wouldn't right. cost you anything. That half that you had to pay was nothing, uh -huh. basically. So I got to transport myself around Europe for basically nothing. That's so fascinating. I know. Mike. I knew that would be. And so it's, by the way, it's going to be. Mike, I bought a bus pass yes. for Orange County. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, my god. I gosh. bought it in Santa Ana. Yeah. And then I drove all the way to Huntington Beach. Wow. Yeah. And you mean you drove, after you bought the bus yeah. pass, you drove to, to Huntington Beach. Now, you Beach. see why I think travel is stupid? Because all you have to do is insert the word Luxembourg and yeah. And, yeah. and And it's what? a really Belgium sexy story. It. Yeah. yeah. And everybody goes, ooh. Yeah, it's Luxembourg. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Screw but, you. By the way, it's going to be on the test. Screw you and your travel yeah. stories. All right, okay. I hate travel stories. I know. That was a long time ago. <laughs> 1970. And finally... A male baboon in Australia escaped captivity during a vasectomy operation Ooh. and fled the facility in the company of two females. 
can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review podcast at weeklysignals.com. Weeklysignals.com. Subscribe now.